Hey everyone, it's Peter Rosenberg from Cheap Heat. Join me and the fearless, physically large stat guy, Greg, and of course, Super Agent 35 under 35 Dipperstein as we tackle the biggest stories in pro wrestling each and every week. To hear us, follow the Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the Scramble. I'm Shil Kapadia coming to you on the Ringer NFL feed every Thursday with a guest. And today, excited to have my friend, my editor, my colleague from the Ringer, Lindsey Jones. Stay, looks like staying warm inside in Colorado. Cannot go outside today in Colorado. Yeah, so I am. I'm here in Colorado, where um, I just checked my weather app, and as we're recording here on Thursday morning, it's up to negative eight degrees. It was at least ten degrees colder, plus um, significantly colder real temp, or it feels like temp with the wind chill. But I'm here to preview what's coming for the rest of the country. I don't know if you've seen the forecast for this weekend's NFL games. Uh, in Chicago and Buffalo, I believe. I mean, it's going to be brutal for most of the country for a lot of these games on uh, on Christmas weekend. Right. So bundle up. Seems like a good weekend for us to be home watching on the couch. That's right. Stay inside. Listen to Ringer podcasts. Read the Ringer. Watch some football. No need uh, to go outside this weekend. We're going to make it simple for this episode. It's the holiday season. Maybe you're celebrating Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever. Uh, maybe you're giving out some gifts to uh, some friends, family, colleagues. We're going to give out gifts. We're going to each give out. This is like an old school, I feel like, uh, idea has probably been done in newspapers in like the 70s or whatever. But listen, I like reading those. So uh, we're just going to steal that bit and go with it here. here. We're each going to give out three gifts. It can be to quarterbacks, coaches, teams, fan bases, GA, whatever, anything. I have no restrictions on it when I messaged you with the idea. So I don't know what you're going to choose. You don't know what I'm going to choose. We're just going to give out three gifts for the holiday season. And then, of course, we will end with the mailbag as always. All right, Lindsay, you are the guest. Lead us off. Who are you giving a gift to first? All right, I'm going to go with my easiest one, the simplest, most straightforward one here. And uh, this is probably a preview of some stuff that we'll talk about here, you know, across our network in coming weeks. But I'm just going to go ahead and give Patrick Mahomes the MVP award this season. Ooh. And I know this might be a controversial take. I know this is a pro Jalen Hurts podcast. There are probably a lot of uh, Philly special crossover listeners, and I do not want to anger you right now. All I am saying is that Patrick Mahomes, year after year after year, is the best player in football. And we as MVP voters, and I am an MVP voter, I have uh, I haven't voted every year over the last 10 years, but um, I have been consistently over the last few years in the AP's voting pool. And we collectively 
I don't want to say we always get it wrong, but sometimes we get distracted by mm-hmm. the new shiny thing, the some the narrative awards of this is new, this is different. Look at you know this innovation and in offense, all these different sorts of things, and sometimes that pulls us away from just appreciating the greatness that we're seeing on a week-to-week basis. And what we're seeing out of Patrick Mahomes right now is arguably his best season. Um, He's not going to quite reach the statistical heights that he hit in 2018 when he won the MVP award his first year as starter, when he threw 50 touchdowns um, and really just kind of took the NFL by storm. And that is unfair that we're always going to be comparing him to to his historic heights. Um, Yeah. I say this was kind of my easiest take because Roger Sherman uh, wrote about this today, Thursday, on TheRinger.com. So I spent a lot of time thinking about this, talking about this, looking at numbers and stuff over the last couple of weeks. Um, but why I think Patrick Mahomes deserved this award and want to give it to him right now is not because Jalen Hurts got hurt. And I think that is that's disappointing for Hurts, I'm sure, for his MVP case. Um, but it's just what Mahomes has done to this season. Statistically, He's he's right there. I mean, he's um, leading. He's going to end up leading the NFL in in passing yards right now. He's either leading or tied for the lead in total touchdowns. When you add in his passing touchdowns and his rushing touchdowns, he's extremely effective as a runner. Not the same way that Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are, but he uses his legs in a way that is extremely advantageous for the Chiefs. Um, and then he's top three in all the other kind of major categories. He's and he's also leading. Uh, ESPN's uh, QBR. He's the top of our own, Stephen Reese's uh, quarterback rankings. And he's still doing the really cool shit, right? Like every week, there's one of those like, oh my God, I can't believe Patrick Mahomes made those plays. And the point of Roger's story that I want everybody to go and read, which I thought was really, really smart that Roger took this angle, was that we may have reached like greatness fatigue with Patrick Mahomes, where he's made the ridiculous routine. And that kind of takes some of the specialness off of it. And maybe we're looking for something else. So um, I am open. I will say I am open to seeing what happens over the next three weeks of the season. But if I was voting here today and, you know, if the season continues over these next three weeks, the way that has gone, it's very clear to me that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP and that I would like him to be unwrapping that uh, on NFL honors on February 10th or whatever night that show is going to be. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think Solak and I both on Philly Special when we were talking about it, we both felt like Mahomes was the MVP. We felt like if Eagles fans were watching Mahomes every week or it was kind of flip, and I get it. Like you you stump for your guy. I mean, that's a part of uh, being a fan. Like you watch your guy every week. And if your guy's in the mix, usually you're just arguing that, yeah, our our guy should win the MVP. There's not, nothing wrong with that. That's normal. Uh, and I agree with you with the greatness point. It's almost like it reminds me of like Michael Jordan, you know, growing up as a kid. And it's just like, there's always a new challenger and no, oh, this guy's going to be the next Jordan. It's like, nope, it's always Michael Jordan. And uh, I think there are other guys who certainly can catch Mahomes in a certain year. I mean, Josh Allen could certainly beat him out for MVPs in the years ahead. Joe Burrow certainly could. Jalen, you know, Jalen Hurts could. There are probably uh, Herbert, um, Lamar, you know, any of these guys are capable of putting together that season where you're saying, all right, you know, yeah, Mahomes might still be. Like if I'm zooming out and saying who's the best player, it's Mahomes. But for this year specifically, this other quarterback has played better than Mahomes. Like that's probably, that'll happen. You know, we've seen that happen. That will happen in the next five years. It hasn't happened this year. I mean, you mentioned it. 
statistically, he's there. Some of the advanced stuff, you know, EPA uh, per pass play, he's first. I'm pulling this up because I was curious when you said that. I was wondering how that uh, compared to him in 2018. Yeah. And so if you look at the last one, two, three, five years, Mahomes in 18 had the best quarterback season of anyone in the last five years compared, you know, in, in EPA per pass play. Mahomes in 2022 is fifth. So it's like not that far off. Like it's conceivable that if he has a strong finish here to the season that he actually, you know, could, if you're looking at the advanced stuff and per pass, he could actually match that efficiency from uh, 2018. So uh, I think what you said is right. You know, like just my week on Mondays, I catch up on all the games I missed on Sunday so that I can get ready for the podcast we do on this feed, Extra Point Taken. And like, I was like, uh, Chiefs Texans, I don't really need to, like, I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to have a strong take on the Chiefs beating the Texans. So then I look later in the week, usually when I write my picks column, and what he did in that game statistically, I mean, he threw, he attempted over 40 passes, completed more than 85% of them, and surpassed 300 yards uh, passing. So that's been done one other time in NFL history. Lamar Jackson did it in 2021. And so it's stuff like that. You know, I'm sure there are a lot of people like what the chiefs, you know, went to overtime to beat the Texans. But when you're isolating the player from kind of what the team's doing um, to me, he's been the best quarterback on the best offense in the NFL and he's deserving of it. So right. I'm with you there. You ready for your next gift? Yes. Or your I will first give gift. My, I mean. no, I, I started out weird here. Okay, so bear with me. The weirder, uh, a the little better. Bit. Let's go. The I know I started weird, and then I, I was like, "Do I have anything else weird?" And it didn't you can't force the weirdness. When the weirdness comes to you, you go with it, but you can't force it. So I'm giving Josh Allen a heating rock, Lindsay. I don't know if you know what a heating rock is. If you know what I'm talking about, no. Could you send me one though? The, like right now? Yeah. So yeah, you could use one right now. So my wife got this thing. It's like a, I guess it's like an infrared heating pad type thing, and I'm like, "What is this?" She she puts it in this like thing, it plugs in, it charges before bed. And, you know, sometimes we'll watch a, a white Lotus or something in bed on the iPad and she takes it out. And then you just kind of like, you can put it on your legs or your chest or just hug it or snuggle with it. And it heats, it heats up. And so it provides warmth. And first I was making fun of her. And now every night I'm like, hey, can I get that for, you know, like uh, <laughs> 20 minutes over here? And then I'll give it back. So it provides like a calmness, a, a, a warmth, a sense of comfort. So Sheil, what are you talking about? What does this have to do with Josh Allen? I was thinking about Josh Allen going into this game this weekend against the Chicago Bears. And I was thinking of the greatness of Josh Allen is that he treats every single play like the Super Bowl's on the line. Like, I mean, he is just hurtling and getting airborne and lowering his shoulder. It doesn't matter if it's week six, week 12. It's the actual Super Bowl. He plays the same way. There is a, a sense where he feels like he's invincible. And that is really fun to watch from a, a viewer perspective. I know Bill's fans love it. Uh, I'm sure his teammates love it. Normally, I love it. However, we are three weeks away from what could be an epic AFC playoffs. We've got Mahomes. We've got Allen. We've got Burrow. We've got the Chargers. We've got the Ravens. We've got the Dolphins. Like there are going to be so many storylines. I can't wait to watch it. I want to make sure Josh Allen is healthy going into the playoffs. And I watched Eagles Bears last week and I saw Jalen Hurts go down on that Soldier Field uh, grass, I guess it is. It feels like a very hard grass there. Uh, the grass, field, and I, air quotes. Yeah, grass. I saw his shoulder get crunched. I saw a Bears defense that while they're not very good, they play very hard. They hit, they're competitive, they're feisty. 
I checked the weather, Lindsay, the weather theme to this episode, 10 degree, high of 10 degrees at Soldier Field on Saturday. I just want Josh Allen to just hug that rock on the sideline, <laughs> hug it before the game. It'll relax you a little bit. You don't need to go 120% in this game. You need to do what you need to do to Pick win the spots. game. Pick your spots. And I know Brandon Beans talked to him about this and Sean McDermott's talked to him about this and it really doesn't kind of get through and they just kind of hold their breath on some of these. But this is kind of the thing with the last three weeks of the season. I don't want to see any of these great, I don't see anybody go down, obviously, uh, but the great players that we're looking forward to watching in these huge moments in January, I don't want them to go down. And so uh, that's why I'm going to, I'm going to give Josh. I don't, I know beans tried everything. McDermott's probably tried everything. Maybe this rock is the answer to provide him that sort of sense of calm, a uh, sense of comfort before the game on the sideline so that he can just dial it back a little bit. You don't need to be jumping over the line of scrimmage on a quarterback sneak. Um, you don't need to be, you know, you can get out of bounds sometime and just kind of preserve yourself a little bit here for the final three weeks. Yeah. You can just sit there on the sideline, hugging it, Protect the rock, uh, hug the rock, so protect comfortable. the rock. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Now it, I'm going to Google like, that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's good. I can send you uh, a link. It's sort of, I, it's not quite like the turnover chain, I guess, for like the University of Miami. You know, it's, it's uh, maybe you score a touchdown, you go hug the rock. Hug the rock, the touchdown, I like it. Gets the rock. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but I think there are possibilities. I just look at this Bills team. You know, they're 11 and they, they feel a little like disjointed and volatile when you watch them. But at the end of the day, they're 11 and three. They have the second best point differential in the NFL. They haven't lost a game all season by more than three points. They've lost three one-score games. And so I feel like this team is right where we kind of thought they were going to be before the season, even if it doesn't always feel that way. And so uh, I think they just need to kind of stay healthy, get healthy, and hold on to that one seed. And they've got a really good chance to get to the Super Bowl. All right, hit me with your second gift. What do you got? Okay, I'm going to get weird. I'm going to get weird here since you you All started right. the weird the, the getting weirdness here. So, um here in 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 my like own family and in Christmas and now that we're adults, I'm really big on like giving experiences. Um you know, and like when my parents ask like what do you want, you know, or those type of things like I like to give experiences, I like to you know, ask for experiences back. And I apologize to my mom. I still have not used the uh, cooking lessons that I asked for and she gave me last year, but I promise I will do it right after the NFL season ends this year. But so my next gift is going to be for all NFL coaches or at least at least like three quarters of them. Um, and I'm going to give them a uh, game management seminar. And we're going to do Ooh, this like after this. the season. We're going to send them somewhere nice. We'll go to the Bahamas. We'll schedule some golf in the afternoon. But every morning of this seminar, and this is going to be different. This is not going to be like our league meetings where you're talking about, you know, league business and stuff. This is going to be very specific and specific to game management. Um, we're going to use uh, seminars like how to use a timeout. Uh, we'll do analytics for dummies. We'll do uh, when to go for two 101. Uh, why you do not punt in plus territory. The instructors for this class, we're going to recruit some of our best, uh, the best like 30 to 35-year-old Madden players in the world. Um, Sheil, I would like to formally invite you here today oh on the God. Scramble to coach or to, to instruct one of these seminars. You can pick whichever <laughs> one you want. Maybe the analytics for dummies ones. Uh, Stephen Ruiz, I'd love to also extend an invitation to coach one of these seminars. It has been infuriating this year. How many NFL coaches? Yeah. It's it's impacting our enjoyment of the game, right? Where 
It's just happening every single week. It is going to happen in the playoffs. There are going to be big moments where I don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be uh, Andy Reid in a two-minute situation, or it's going to be, it could be anybody, right, who's like making just some, you know, boneheaded call where they don't know when to use a timeout or they use a timeout inappropriately. Um, And literally right now, it's everybody. Even the guys that we've um, always assumed are good at this stuff are blowing it, but maybe We've looked so much at the uh, the final sequence of the Ra- uh, the Raiders uh, Patriots game last week. Obviously, the Chandler Jones uh, scoop and score touchdown there at the end, um, or actually it was a pick six. Excuse me, um, it was almost a fumble return. It was a pick six, which was odd to even call, odd to even call that. But like, if you go back to what the Patriots did in that game, they like mi- were mistiming timeouts that wiped touchdowns off the board. I mean, it was just like, Bill Belichick is making these mistakes. So let's just go back to basics. We're going to start this off from scratch and say, listen, dudes, this is how you use a timeout. This is what a timeout is. This is how you call for it. Like, let's just go right to basics. We'll make it nice. They can bring their wives, bring their kids, get some pool time. But for, you know, four hours a day, for three straight days, we're going to actually learn how to do this. Such a great idea. It (laughs) says something about me and where I am in my life that you were like, Bahamas golf football analytics. I'm like, all right, this sounds like my ideal. Uh, like I'm in, like I was waiting for the invite and I'm like, this sounds like a perfect uh, vacation for me. It's a great idea. I heard uh, Bill's on Bill Simmons podcast, uh, Warren Sharp was on and he was saying that he was recommending like, you know, coaches go to like crisis training and stuff. And I mean, yeah. that's one thing I was sort of thinking like, Probably doesn't have to be that. I'm with you. Like, yeah, play a little Madden. You know, you can play some video games. You can tell you some stuff. Like, it really shouldn't have to be that complicated. You can assign it to someone on your staff. Like, I would say every coach, bring a staffer who's going to be in charge of this. You don't have to do it yourself. They can bring their families. Like you said, uh, it's a great idea. It's always so funny to me just because we've both covered teams, been on beats, and it's like these coaches, they're just like, oh yeah, we sleep in our offices. Oh yeah, no, we haven't seen our families in like uh, six weeks. And, and you see them at press conferences. Like, well, I see Nick Sirianni in some of these press conferences. And I'm like, when has this man last slept for more than like two hours in a night? What is going on here? And they do all that. And, and this isn't about Sirianni. He's been good with game management, but some of the other guys, like they'll do all, you know, they're looking for that little thing on film. Oh, the, you know, the right guard, his foot was pointed in this direction. So we knew uh, they were running outside zone to the right. They're looking for all that. But then this stuff, they kind of just take for granted. Like, oh, it's an easy thing. We'll figure it out on the fly. No big deal. And it's not that. And you have coaches that have really gained an edge from realizing, no, you like, it's hard in the heat of the moment. Like sometimes I feel bad, you know, making fun of them or whatever. Cause it's like, it's the heat of the moment. I could see it. I'm sure I'd screw it up. If you're calling a play and a wide receiver's yelling at you. And all of a sudden you're not sure if the guy got the first down or not. That's why you have to delegate it to someone else uh, on your staff. And so um, the more coaches realize that it actually can give you an edge. And I mean, how many close games do we see where this really is a factor if you're on top of this or not uh, on top of it? So uh, I think it's a great idea. I formally accept my invitation. I don't care whatever else is on the family calendar. Uh, we'll all come. You can we'll bring them. the girls. Bring the, bring yeah, the girls. Girls are out of school. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're can young I add, enough. We'll do it. I'm going to add one more seminar to it. Maybe it's just a day. These guys can fly in on their private jets. But let's bring in like owners or hiring managers, whoever it is that hires. They can have their own seminar on how to uh, vet your coaching candidates about if they know how to do this stuff. Um, Like a seminar of how they, you know, how, how to find out if your coach, coaching candidate knows how to call a timeout. 
Yeah, I wonder how many times they get. I don't. I feel like they probably a coach never gets asked in an interview like, "What if you just hit him with, hey, it's you know, you're down by, let's say the the example we've seen, you're down by 15. There's three minutes left. You score a touchdown. Do you go for two on the? We just saw Kevin O'Connell mess this up in their comeback last week. You go for two the first time because you want that information as soon as possible about whether you got the two or didn't get the two so that you know how to manage the game going forward. He just went for one and then they did get the two point conversion. So it didn't matter. But if you don't get it and now all of a sudden you say, okay, um, you know, we're, we're down by nine here. Well, now you you probably might have to try an onside kick or something where you're thinking about kicking the ball away. So I feel like throwing those questions at them in the, in the interview process would probably be good. And the smart ones, yeah, even I mean, if they couldn't answer many- how many hours do they spend talking about like culture? Like how do you build a culture right. and stuff? And like, maybe let's focus yeah. a little bit on that time of like, how do you manage a two minute drill? Yeah, you right. Know? It's it's not the most important thing, but it's an important it's thing. A little, so, it's a little important. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at, I just have the standings pulled up here. So all right, I'm going to quickly go through and tell you the coaches that absolutely uh, have to attend this uh this conference. Uh, Andy Reid, sorry, you have to attend. Andy Reid's gotten better, and that's been because of Patrick Mahomes. Yes. If you watch yes. it, Mahomes waves him off and just takes over, and so he absolutely gets the credit there. So uh, Reid He can wear go. his Belichick. Hawaiian shirts. It'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. Belichick, sorry. Belichick, you need to go, my friend. Uh, it has not been pretty uh, this year. I think Robert Sala's been okay, but after last week, you know, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they let that clock run down where they're attempting a 58 yarder with a timeout in their pocket. So Sala, you have to go. Josh McDaniels. I mean, you better be first in line in every one of these. I don't know if people have noticed this. I mean, he's the, might be the most conservative coach in the, in the league with a defense that stinks and like a run game that's been awesome. And no one likes punting on fourth and one from midfield more than Josh McDaniels. So McDaniels has to go. Tomlin is a tough one because I, I think Tomlin is not very good at it, but he's so good at everything else. I don't want to be the one who tells Tomlin he has to go. But, you know, if someone who knows him well says, hey, Mike, we'll go hang out for a little bit. I've heard Mike Tomlin is kind of fun to hang out with. So maybe uh, he'll have a good time. He's the MVP of every league meeting for sure. Right? Yeah. I was going to say Hackett, but Lindsay, I don't know if uh, well, I mean, he might not look, if he has need a, to go. Well... <laughs> yeah. If we held this I next mean, week, he would need to go. Yeah, that's right. Let's, same, let's be same nice. Same as Cliff, and right? So, I mean, I'm fast forwarding to the NFC West. Yes, but. yes, that's a good one. Cliff, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is another one. He definitely would need, this is like a weakness for Shanahan and McVay. They're both so good at so many things. You look at their game management and it pops up in these playoff games. Not good. Uh, Todd Todd Bowles probably put him maybe in that Hackett uh, category. Mike McCarthy, you know, you need to be there. Uh, I think those are the big ones, probably. I was gonna say it might be faster had. if we figure out who is exempt. I know you're right. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Dennis Allen, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if you need to go, uh, Dennis Allen. You might be okay. All right, I love that one. That was a great one. Honestly, that's a great idea. I like. I actually want that to happen. It's, <laughs> it's not weird. That made perfect sense to me. Okay, my second gift. I'm giving Justin Fields an offensive line and some pass catchers. This is a. Uh, Listen, this isn't really an outside-the-box idea, but I'm coming off uh, having watched the Bears-Eagles film this week, and and it was the full Justin Fields experience. I mean, there are plays in that game where you're going, no other quarterback in the NFL can make this play. Like, he is electric when he takes off, when he improvises. It's so fun to watch. And then there are throws that he misses, routine misses, where you're like, all right, if that doesn't get fixed, he might have a hard time here. 
And then there are other plays where you're just going, he has no, he has absolutely no chance on this play because of the protection, because he's looking at Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown, all respect uh, to those guys. So I was looking at the Bears, and this is a look-ahead one. You know, this is for 2023, the 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 thing that'll pay off in the future. They've got, according to overthecap.com, $103 million in effective cap space. The next team is at $55 million. And I know like those numbers, they will change. Teams can release players, all those things. But the point is they have a lot of resources to work with. Right now, they have three of the top 66 picks in the draft. They could trade down. They're, they're the second pick overall now. They could trade down and get more picks. If, they don't, if they're not drafting a quarterback, there might be a team coming up and saying, yeah, we'll give you uh, big time draft capital to get up there to number two. So in other words, this is like the dream scenario for a rebuild for, hey, we need to help our quarterback. Do we have resources to do it? Yes, Ryan Poles, you do. You were very patient last offseason. You didn't do a lot. You added some defensive linemen. Well, that's got to change this offseason. They've got to get Justin Fields help. I feel like I don't want to say ignore the defense. I know you have a defensive minded head coach, but like, this has to be priority number one for them. And so they have like a couple offensive linemen who, who, you know, maybe two or three that could be back and could be okay, but you've got to upgrade there. And then most importantly, we've seen this year with the AJ Browns and the Tyree kills and um, Justin Jefferson, how like that number one receiver can just make all the difference can make up for so many other weaknesses on your offense. And so uh, I feel like the bears have the resources. You need to gift Justin Fields with the pieces around him and really see what this might look like in 2023. Because I've been like kind of impressed with how their offense has evolved. If you look at it, just the plays that Justin Fields has played, they've performed like the 14th ranked offense in EPA per play, which is like pretty good. Like if you told me that coming into the season, I would have been like, oh, okay, Fields has made some strides. So now kind of take that next step and see what you got. I'm sure Justin Fields would like this. My one concern here um, with the fact that just the Bears have a lot of cap space here is that the best player, like the guys that you are going to have available on the free agent market, it tends to not be, I mean, there's a reason that those guys end up becoming free agents. Yeah, and I don't want to fast forward to, a, you know, spoil your impending free agent lists. And we're going to be doing a lot of free agent coverage and looking at that list. But one of the most frustrating things about free agency is you like look through that list in February and you're like, oh, this can be really exciting. And by the time we get to like March 10th or whatever, the best players have all been franchise tagged. So I'm going to be really curious how Ryan Poles in his first, I mean, it last year was his first offseason as general manager, but like this is the first time where he's really in build mode and how he's going to attack that. And if this trend of, if you want to get a number one receiver, getting him through free agency is probably not your best route there. Um, it's going to be through the trade market or through really smart drafting, um, how he's going to navigate that. And if there's, you know, who is this year's Devontae Adams or who is this year's Tyreek Hill yeah. or AJ Brown, the borderline unhappy to expensive number one receiver from another team who could move and if the Bears can pounce there. Um, and then I would say the one other point about them rebuilding this offense is Justin Fields makes them really attractive. Um, you know, this is a place where I think offensive players are going to want to go because they see the same highlights that we do every week and say, wow, this guy is really special and he'd be really fun to play with. So I think they're going to be one of the most interesting teams in the offseason for, for all those reasons. And I not, wish nothing but the best for Justin Fields. Um, and I would also like to give his dog a whole bunch of treats also for Christmas. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. We can throw His some name is Uno. We'll He's you... adorable. Okay. O-line pass catchers and dog treats for Uno. There you yep. go. I mean, that is a care package. No, you make a good point. Yeah, you're right. It, like if you go the free agency route, then you're doing something like signing Christian Kirk to $18 million uh, a year, which, you know, he's been a fine player for fine, them. Yeah. But, yeah. but the uh, I think you're right. The more attractive move for them would be, all right, let's, let's go find that unhappy wide receiver. We'll give up some draft capital, but we're getting someone who's really a difference maker. Hey, we've got the money to pay you. Hey, you want to get like 179 targets uh, next year? You will be our number one guy. Uh, go out and get that guy. I think that would absolutely make a lot of sense. All right. What do you have for your third and final gift to give out? All right. I'll do my uh, my Homer local to Denver uh, gift here. And I just want to give, and this is unrealistic. It's, it's impossible to happen, but I would like to give the Broncos a do-over. Um, I'd like to give them a time machine. George Payton, the new ownership group, I'd like to gift them a time machine to go back to March, to go back to August, early September, and just uh, do things a little bit differently. And I have less, it's less about going back to March and the entire Russell Wilson trade because it completely made sense in the moment and where they were at with a franchise and who was available and what they needed to do. I think the thing that they really need to do over on is the contract um, because the contract is what is going to set them up for failure in future seasons. It'd be one thing if they could write this off as like, hey, it didn't work, but at least we're not committed through you know, multiple years. I mean, yeah. they're really committed through, I believe, 2025. I need to look at all the exact, Ooh. but it's, I mean, it's, it's a couple of seasons, at least until after the 2024 season. And then after that, there's still a lot of money attached, but you could finagle some outs here. Um, that was the big mistake. And I just feel really bad for Broncos fans. And I feel really bad for the Broncos defensive players. Um, guys like Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson and Patrick Sertan, but really those like veteran safeties, you know, Justin Simmons, who yeah. was drafted here, I believe in 2016. So, you know, he kind of came in in the post Super Bowl wave and has been really, really good for all of those seasons and has never kind of gotten to like experience winning. Right. And that this year they bought into this hope of like that we all did, right? Like the entire NFL world yeah. was like, wow, the Broncos are going to be exciting and they're going to be fun and they're going to be winning a lot of games and Russell Wilson's going to be excited, you know, making them relevant. And that just hasn't happened. And I think it's been really hard for, you know, it's been hard for fans. I mean, there were 18,000 no shows at the, at the game against the Cardinals last week, which was the perfect storm of like two backup quarterbacks three, actually, because uh, Colt McCoy ended up going out of that game, but it was all back of quarterbacks. The Cardinals don't have this like massive fan base that travels, you know, so they weren't buying up tickets from Broncos fans on the secondary market. And then it was also really cold. So like, but it looked bad, right? I mean, so I I just feel bad for their fans. So I just would love to give gift them that time machine to go back. You know, if they could, if they wanted to go back, the hard thing is like, if you were to go back to March, what would they do differently? Ride it out with Drew Locke, Carson, you know, I mean, there wasn't like some great other alternative. There wasn't a guy in the draft that I think you would have said, oh, we'll take him with this first round pick instead. So I'm not sure if it's like sending it back to March, but I think I would like to send them back in this time machine to, you know, after the, the ownership, the new ownership group took over in August and just say, we're not doing this deal yet. Let's see how it goes. Let's figure out our long-term plan, what we want to do with the stadium, what we want to do with marketing, what Russell Wilson is going to look like with Nathaniel Hackett instead of making these huge long-term commitments to something that you didn't know how it was going to work. Because knowing what we know now is that this offense has been very, very bad. 
Um, and now we all get to watch it on Christmas. Christmas Day, Nickelodeon. Right. Um, my my six-year-old <laughs> and I talked about this yesterday because that game is going to be on Nickelodeon against the Rams. But the thing is to get all like the cool stuff with Nickelodeon, like they have to score. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. You have to get in the slime zone, which is like inside the 20. It's the red zone. But like, are the Rams and Broncos getting there? I, yeah. It's, it's pretty. They should I, go all out. Yeah. If anybody scores, they need to just, whatever you have to do, like do it up. I mean, you not get across the 50. Yeah. Like you get down a punt inside the five. <laughs> like, let's bring the slime. I mean, I was, you know, the, yeah. with how depressing it is, I was looking at tickets for last Sunday's Broncos. Cardinals game because my daughter's been asking to go. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, but like, I'm not going to spend a couple hundred bucks to bring my six-year-old to a game. But I was like, well, I could get, I could probably get two tickets for 75 bucks. And I was trying to figure out, could I get really close to where Miles, the mascot is? Because that's really all she wants. And she likes to watch the horse run, Thunder. They have a real horse, but they, (laughs) Thunder only runs if they score. So I was like, well, I don't know. It's going to be worth it to like drag my kid on the light rail just to maybe see Thunder run after a couple Brandon McManus field goals. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. We didn't end up going, but I thought about it. Thunder's legs are fresh, uh, very fresh this year. Yeah, and, have, and have been fresh. Thunder, <laughs> been Thunder's fresh, been yeah. resting since about 2014, to be honest. Thunder's ready for, yeah. Thunder's got, uh, is ready to, uh, if, if they if they need Thunder to go all out, uh, sh- be able to at this point. I, I think it's a, it's a great one. I mean, it's hard to, like I was thinking as you were talking, you know, when they make the Russell Wilson trade, he had the no trade clause, right? So he obviously was looking for a team where it was, are you going to pay what I want to be paid uh, as part of this deal? And so yeah. I wonder, probably if you're the Broncos, you make that trade and like, that's just part of the trade is that, you mm-hmm. know, maybe you didn't agree to the exact terms at that time, but you had a ballpark. What's he looking for? What are we willing to pay? And we're just kind of going all in with it. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Hindsight TC now. I mean, I thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. I think I had him at 10 and 7 as a playoff team. I thought he still had, you know, a few years left where he could be accurate and not turn the football over and be a good quarterback for him. And it just has not gone. uh, It couldn't have gone any worse. I mean, when I was preparing for this, I thought about doing a Broncos one. And I was just going to say, like, give Broncos fans a hug because I don't know that there's like a a fan base like... It's just the worst thing is to just feel sort of hopeless, you know, and that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. There's like, like, and the two like the had fix? hope, and then that hope ripped away, right? And it was ripped away yes. so quickly, like it was gone by halftime of week one, right? Yeah. I mean, when they got kind of the Seahawks took off the beginning of that game, and Russell's getting booed, and like, yeah, it was like ooh, and then Nathaniel Hackett was getting booed at home week two. So yeah. like that whole, the hope was there and then it was gone <laughs> immediately. And there has been very little to look forward to. So yes, hugs. Um, yeah. All my friends and family would appreciate your, uh, your gifted hugs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, what, what can they do to fix it? I mean, you would really need a, like a offensive mastermind who just felt like there's some way and who, and who was a really a believer in Russell Wilson to be like, there's some way to make this work. And I'm just not sure that person exists. I mean, if Sean Payton has his pick of a bunch of places, is that what he wants to take on where it could be something much more attractive? I mean, I sort of feel like their best option might be to, if they like a Giro Evero in the building and feel like he's deserving of a head coaching job and like his leadership qualities, their best move might be to promote him, you know, keep that defense together the best you can, 
And then uh, just be like, is there anyone who wants a chance at play calling who's a really innovative play caller and smart and looking for that shot who's been overlooked and bring them in? Hey, we're going to hand you the keys to the offense. You get uh, Russell Wilson. You get Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and, um, you know, figure out uh, Tim Patrick comes back and figure out how to make this work. Like that might be their only option. But even then, it's like you're in a division with you're still Mahomes is still there. Herbert's there. So uh, it's tough. For Broncos fans, so hang in there. I don't know if, if you're if you were ever thinking of taking a break from you know football for like a year or two and doing something else on your Sundays or whatever the next couple of years. The problem is, is like that had already time. happened. Like that was the like the Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Trevor right. Simeon. Ever you know they were there and then they were back in. You know the beam. Like I just know. when I thought it, you pulled me back in, and now, and yeah. Now, I don't know what. So. I know it's true. You're right. That's the worst part of it is that there was hope after what happened last offseason. Sometimes you just go in and you're like, our, our team's going to suck this year. It's all good. You know, hopefully there are brighter years ahead. This was very, very mean-spirited the way it happened. So we'll see. Maybe there's hope. Maybe, maybe they'll do something. They have a plan we don't know about. All right. My third one. I am gifting Detroit Lions fans a playoff berth. Yes. They deserve, they deserve it. Let's get them in there. They're a fun team. They're a good team. They're a competitive team. They've improved uh, the offense. I mean, you know, I I did not know who Ben Johnson was in August. And now I'm like, has anyone done more with less than Ben Johnson? Not that they don't have good players. I mean, the offensive line is finally healthy. They've Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy. They've gotten Jameson Williams back. But to produce the sixth ranked offense in DVOA with Jared Goff, like you've got to be a really good uh, offensive mind to be able to do that. And that call last week, fourth and inches, Brock Wright. I mean, one of my favorite calls of the year. That that was awesome. Uh, I loved it. I love that they're willing to try stuff. The fake punts from their own territory. They're willing to be aggressive. Campbell's probably a little inconsistent with some of his stuff uh, late in games where you're like, I don't know if he should be doing this. But uh, overall, they definitely have that mindset of aggressiveness over being conservative. And I, and I really enjoy that from them. And even their defense, I was looking the second half of the season, their 10th in DVOA uh, defensively. I mean, this was a historically bad defense through what, the first four, six weeks of the season. I mean, they were getting lit up week in and week out. I remember putting stats in the picks column, like this could be the worst defense we've seen in 10 years and they've turned it around and that's not easy to do. I mean, some of it is going to be health related, but you adjust, you find different players on your roster who can help. And so uh, they absolutely deserve credit for that. Uh, They would have a legit chance at winning a first round game. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you compare it to like the Giants and the Commanders. No, no, no. I want to see the Lions in there uh, over those teams. It will make for a much more fun uh, first round. So uh, listen, I've made my Dan Campbell jokes in the past with the with the kneecaps and the Starbucks and everything. You know what kind of soul, and this is going to sound dumb, but the hard knocks, and, and I don't know if you watched this or not, but when he when they were cutting players and getting down to 53 and they were the showing the meetings of him telling guys they weren't on it, I just thought he came across as so authentic and so sincere compared to those scenes we've seen in the past with some people. And I was like, all right, listen, now I'm kind of get it what he's going for here and why players kind of like him. So don't blow it. You're going to Carolina this week. You're two and a half point favorites. This is kind of the classic. If If you're not totally sold on the team, they blow this game and it all comes crashing down. Don't blow it. Get it done. I believe in you. Let's get the Lions in the playoffs. So I'm going to think just, I'm just going to like take your gift and 
expand on it a little bit? Like, have you ever had one of those either received it or given a gift where like you open the first, you open the big box and there's like a present inside and you open it and it's like, oh, it's a playoff birth. Yeah, But then you realize there's like another present kind of tucked, tucked down inside. You open that, the real present is a playoff win. It's a 7-2 upset over your division rival Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Okay, I like it. Vikings fans, don't get mad at us. Yeah, it's just... Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want better for Detroit, but they, you know, it's yeah. not just getting in. Like, they have made the playoffs occasionally, right? I mean, it's it's been a minute, yeah. but they haven't won a playoff game since 1990. Yeah, I have no Is it idea. longer than that? It's, it's been it's been a very, while. it's been a very, very long time. Oh my gosh. Their, their pro football reference page, like the first bar goes from 93 to 2022. And the only playoff berths you see in there, lost wild card. Mm-hmm. Round so it was 1991. You were wow, you were on okay, it. it was close. Uh, 1991, 12 and four team with Wayne Fonts, Barry Sanders, Eric Kramer, uh, Brett Perriman. I was about to say Brashad Perriman. We're old. Brett Perriman uh, was their leading receiver on that team. They were 12 and four and got to the conference championship. So yeah, that was 1991. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's my, that's my free gift. Sorry. Sorry to the Vikings fans. I actually had like a bonus gift if I decided to switch one of mine up. That was actually going to be very nice for the Vikings. And now they, I didn't, I didn't put it under the tree and now they're going to be. (laughs) Do you want to give it out quickly? I mean, if you want to give it out. Sure. I'll throw it out. I'll throw it out there really quick. My bonus gift for the Vikings is a non-fluky win. I just want to see them go out there and win a game like 28 to 14. Nothing weird happens. Kirk Cousins plays great. The defense gets a couple turnovers. And we don't have to talk for at least one week about, oh, look how weird they're winning. You know, they're only winning in fluky ways and they're not as good as their record. Um, You know, bump up their point differential a little bit. So just like one nice, normal, non-weird win for the Vikings over the next couple weeks. I think if I were a Vikings fan, I wouldn't like read anything other than my local coverage, because like, if you're a fan of the Vikings, you don't like, you really shouldn't care that it's happening in these weird, lucky, fluky ways. You know what I mean? Like every Sunday is pretty awesome this year. If you're a Vikings fan, your team is playing entertaining games. They've won 11 of them uh, after a bunch of years where it was very a high tense environment there. Kevin O'Connell's crying after, um, you know, he's getting emotional in the locker room after wins. Like everything about this season, if you're a Vikings fan, has been pretty entertaining and enjoyable. So you don't have to listen to people like me and Lindsay, you know, tell you that your team is not as (laughs) good as their record We appreciate it when you do that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate when you do. But if you want to just like watch the Vikings hype videos and watch the games on Sunday and talk to about it with your friends and maybe f- like find local bloggers that just tell you how great they are, like that would be a fine way to experience the season. If watch you're the, the TikTok supercuts of Paul Allen just like crapping over uh, yes. on all of like the officials and the opponents. I mean, it was great. I mean, it was like my favorite bit of content this week was uh, the Paul Allen radio call of the uh, of the Vikings Colts game. Go find that if you yeah. haven't. If you haven't heard it, it's fantastic. There you go. That's the way to enjoy your season. All right, those are the gifts. We will come right back and we will get to the mailbag. Santa Barkley is coming to town and he's delivering $20 million in gifts this holiday season to all fan dual customers. It doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. St. Chuck has something for everyone. Just check your FanDuel app for no sweat, same game parlays, bonuses, and all sorts of stuff that'll fill you with holiday cheer. Thursday night football, Jaguars, 
at the Jets. I like the Jaguars minus one and a half in this game. Looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been on fire like the Jaguars to win that game. A close game. How about Garrett Wilson? Anytime touchdown. Garrett Wilson has been on fire. I don't love that Jaguars defense. Maybe he can find the end zone. And then how about an under on Christian Kirk receiving yards under 50 and a half. I like that Jets defense. I don't think it's going to be easy for the Jaguars. I think they're going to win, but I think they're going to have to work for it. New to FanDuel, now is the perfect time to sign up and remember to use promo code RINGERNFL. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great promotions. And when you win, you'll get paid instantly. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and get in the holiday spirit with $20 million in gifts from Santa Barkley. 21 plus and present in select states only. Prize total dependent on customer participation. Wager requirements apply. Gifts awarded as non-withdrawable site credit for free bets. See FanDuel.com. For terms and conditions, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get to the mailbag. A reminder, email us at thescramblemailbag at gmail.com or you can just tweet at me. All right. First question. SRM Chef, loyal listener to a bunch of Ringer pods, says, here's a very Ringer mailbag question. Based on vibes, not record, who should make the NFL 
playoffs this year. And I, I think SRM Chef has listened to a lot of uh, pods, listened to me say that, ah, I think I might be too old to use vibes. And, you know, I think Nora was telling me, no, you're, you can do it. You can use vibes. You're part of the ringer. Go ahead and use vibes. So I think this was directed at me. Uh, listen, I couldn't come up with a whole field of 14. I don't know how you did uh, with this question, Lindsay, but I think it's a way to at least talk about the teams we feel like have the best vibes at this point in the season. Yeah. So let's go through this. And I will, to be clear, I'm actually older than you are. So I don't know if I'm allowed to be using the word vibes either. This is the like elder millennial, are we? we, Can we say vibes or not? I'm not sure if that's allowed here on the Ringer Podcast Network. But um, yeah, I don't know if I have a full 14. I mean, I think a couple of the teams that we've already talked about um, earlier in the podcast definitely need to be in that field. The Lions need to be there. The Seahawks need to be there, even though they haven't maybe earned it over the last couple of weeks. The Seahawks have been sliding. Vibes aren't quite as good. But the overall vibes of that season, Seahawks absolutely need to be in that field. Um, I I hate the NFC South. I don't want to put an NFC South team in there. But the vibes of the second half of the year for the Panthers are pretty interesting. interesting. Because this is a team that like they basically indicated to all of us that they were giving up, right? They fired their head coach. They traded their franchise player. They traded their number one receiver. Um, this was a sign of a team that was like, no, we're, we're out. But like the fact that they're still in it and they're playing competitive games, like it tells me that the vibes should be pretty good. Um, San Francisco, absolutely. Vibes wise. So maybe yeah. I'll do the NFC. Maybe you want to run through some AFC vibey teams. I think the Niners vibes, very good. Definitely have to be there. Um, I think the Eagles, are the Eagles still the one seed vibes wise? Yeah. They freaking made a Christmas album. Like, (laughs) I mean, like vibes are good if you are, if your offensive line is recording a Christmas album. (laughs) So I think, honestly, I think like the Eagles Niners might be in a vibe off for the number one, the number one seed. Um, And maybe the Lions (laughs) could get in that mix. Am I at seven yet? I don't know if I'm quite at seven yet. Um, That's okay. You named a bunch. I might might keep the Giants vibes wise in the playoff field just because of like the energy that Brian Dable has brought like Dable's a good like okay. vibes coach. Um, Bears are out, Rams are out, Cardinals definitely out. Yeah, the worst vibes you could possibly have. Saints yeah. are out, Falcons out, Packers vibes are turning, but I don't think they make my all vibes yeah. squad. Um, okay, I like that. Bucks, I think I, the Bucks are so no, 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 far no. out. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, they are the, I've made the joke a hundred times. They are the one, two, three Cancun team. I mean, they are ready. They, 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 they are ready to go to the Bahamas and attend that conference. Like now they don't need to play any more games. I think they have no more interest in this season continuing. And I don't, I don't really have playoffs. a good feel for the Cowboys vibes. I don't think they're on the, uh, the vibes playoff roster though. Okay. I like that. Um, the teams you mentioned, I think the Lions might be like the one seed in, in the NFC. I mean, just with how much we just talked about it, how much that franchise has kind of stunk over the years. And now to have this team uh, the way they do and to be making these plays on special teams and make that fourth and inches call. Uh, I, I think they're right there with anyone. I'm with you on the Eagles. I thought that was a good one. The Niners are, especially the Brock Purdy-led Niners, yeah. I feel like are a good one because it's this weird change up and everyone's sort of rallying around the uh, seventh round rookie. So I think that's a good one. Uh, 
The Vikings? Did you say the I feel like the Vikings have uh, probably belong. I mean, they might be like a wild card team, but I feel like they probably belong there because they're probably tired of, again, people like me and you saying they're not very good. Also, and they're, they like, always, I, was, um, I didn't mention them, but they always end up somehow in my like TikTok algorithm, like their <laughs> locker room videos and stuff. So like, yeah, yeah I mean, maybe the vibes are good. Yeah, I was reading the stories after last week's game and like, you know, Eric Kendricks was like crying at his lock and like Jordan Hicks is putting his arm around him and we saw Kevin O'Connell uh, there. And I mean, Justin Jefferson is always going to be fun. So uh, we it's don't just, talk about the quarterback. It's just really but, hard yeah, for me right. to like link like Kirk Cousins and Vice. I know. That's why I mentioned like everything Like he's even him, less, but, yeah. like <laughs> less equipped to talk about vibes than you and I are. I would agree with that. And it's nice to have a quarterback who is less equipped than you and I to talk about vibes. I like that. Uh, I'll, a couple of, a few AFC ones. Uh, I got the Bengals like at the top of the list. I mean, oh, yeah. the, they're coming off that, you know, Super Bowl. And then they, this year you're thinking, all right, are they going to take a step back? They haven't. They've gotten better. I love, you know, Burrow is great. Chase is great. I love when they talk about each other. They're one of those teams when you read like the beat stories, like Burrow's like, I'm glad you guys are, you know, finally noticing how good DJ Reader is. And, and you know, like Tyler Boyd's like, we got Joe Burrow. We could beat anybody. Like they talk about it in a very like endearing, authentic way where it feels real. There was the play last week. I can't remember if it was an interception or a fumble and it might've got called back, but the guy like took the football and like handed it to Zach Taylor on the sidelines. And he was like really surprised and started laughing. So I got the Bengals up there. Uh, and how about a sneaky team, the Jaguars? I mean, after yeah. last week's game and especially the last three weeks, uh, they're feeling good. They're feeling themselves a little bit with Tannehill out now. They've got a really good uh, opportunity to, uh, well, we're recording this before Thursday night football, but um, I like what I've seen from them over the last three weeks. All right, last question. Let's finish it out. Trevor says, remember when the Ringer NFL show did a podcast about the top 10 10 GMs this last offseason and didn't include the Lynch Shanahan BFF duo. That seems a little silly in retrospect, uh, doesn't it? I understand if you want to claim the Brock Purdy pick as a lucky guess, but consider Charvarius Ward signing, McCaffrey trade, 49ers impeccable ability to draft and develop late round picks into viable starters. The Lynn Shanahan success isn't limited to players. They've now developed and promoted three legitimate NFL head coaches. If you include future head coach stud D'Amico Ryans, it's time to give the Lynch Shanahan bromance due credit. Uh, I sent this one to you late, Lindsay. So do you want me to start and, and give you what uh, I think of this or do you have yeah, something, I will, something on it? I will say, how about our guys like catch yeah. and straight, our, our, uh, our colleagues? Yeah, the Ringer we weren't here. Straight. Listen, we yeah, didn't do no, that podcast. So <laughs> we got nothing to do with it. Thank you for emailing the scramble mailbag. But uh, if we were, who knows what we would have had as our uh, top 10. That's their fault. Um, I think it's hard to judge drafts just like you need a Bit. You need like, you know, a lot of years of data and pretty much every team is going to have hits and misses. I will give them credit for landing like blue chip players outside of the first round. I mean, if you look at the core, George Kittle in 2017, Fred Warner, 2018, Debo Samuel, 2019, uh, Hufanga even in 2021. And then he mentions Pur like Purdy has already exceeded expectations for a typical seventh round pick. I mean, if he's just like a average backup, that would be exceeding expectations and he looks a lot better than that. So they've absolutely found late round value. Now we could look at other stuff. We could look at their first draft of Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster 
in the first round. We could look at Javon Kinlaw has not exactly worked out in 2020. The Trey Lance trade is kind of the elephant in the room right now. I mean, Purdy's like the offense has looked, I haven't looked at the statistically. It's felt like it's looked better or more kind of functional with Purdy than it did with Lance. I'm not writing off Lance. I, I, I like Lance and hopefully he has a great career and gets healthy, but it still is fair to question whether that move trading all those picks to get up there um, really worked out. And even the McCaffrey trade, I mean, we'll see. I, I was skeptical of that trade when it happened. I liked it because it made it fun and hopefully he stays healthy. Um, but to trade for a running back who's had durability issues and give up what they gave up and pay him what he's due. I don't know. That's good. That's going to look like a great move there. So I don't know. I look at the 49ers and they definitely have blue chip players. They're not a deep roster, I think, and they get injured all the time. I generally look at them more as a great coaching job than a great kind of roster construction job. I'm like, all right, Shanahan knows exactly how to use these guys. D'Amico Ryans knows exactly how to use these guys. Salah knew it before then. Um, and so that's just kind of how I view them. What do you What do you think? Does uh, Trevor have a fair point or not? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it is a fair point. I do think when we evaluate GMs, it gets really tricky because in places like San Francisco, Seattle, um, New Orleans for a really long time, it's sometimes hard to separate who exactly is making which decisions. Right. And if you're doing any, you know, and if you're kind of uh, pull back the curtain a little bit and you're doing the like podcast planning, it's off season, we have to figure this out. Like it's sometimes hard to categorize a guy like uh, John Lynch when Kyle Shanahan does have as much um, personnel say. And I, John Lynch is making a lot of decisions there, right? And I think there's a lot of things yeah. that he has done a really good job with, um, especially when it comes to like deep roster construction and player evaluation. You know, Kyle Shanahan isn't making as many of those late round decisions. Um, you know, John Lynch does a lot of that stuff. And, and Adam Peters, the guys that he has on his personnel staff. Um, but it makes it hard. It just makes it harder when you're making these sorts of lists. And then the one other side, and you you hit all of this, is that when you're considering the success of a front office and who is a good general manager, who's not a good general manager, et cetera, the big moves just carry a lot more weight than the later round based on the investment that you make, the financial investment, the draft capital investment. And you know, I don't think that this is a bad duo by any means. I think there you've made the argument to put them in the top 10. And I think that is a really valid case. And when we go ahead and do this exercise next offseason, and that probably will happen at some point on this Ringer NFL feed, um, we'll want to consider all of all of those type of moves. Um, but I just think it's like it's not quite as like a black and white type of situation. It will be interesting to look back, you know, next season when we do this, because some of the guys who are all have always been there the Chris Ballards, who are always kind of just like, the process yeah. is great. Maybe some of those guys plummet and it it leaves room for some of these other guys who maybe haven't gotten the shine to start moving up. Um, this isn't related. Or I mean, this is related. It's not directly an answer to this question. But uh, Kyle Shanahan, I want to check his Coach of the Year odds and how those have changed because he has gained... I mean, we'll see how this ends. And those votes will have to go in, I believe... January 11th or something, um, where the yeah. Niners are at. Because if he gets the Niners to the two seed, which is certainly possible, um, I mean, they've already yeah. won the West. If they get to the two seed there with three different quarterbacks, including a seventh round rookie, that's one of the most impressive coaching jobs. And keeping that team together after losing Trey Lance and then after losing Jimmy, um, 
what they've done defensively. I mean, I just, I, I think he has a really strong coach of the year case. And I know this is GM discussion, but this might yeah. be Kyle Shanahan's best coaching job that he's ever done. It's a good point. I haven't heard anyone say that, but you're right. We kind of take for granted that a seventh round pick has come in and played well. And I think we take it for granted because of the supporting cast and because of the coach, but like, yeah, not every, that wouldn't be happening with every coach. I mean, it would be a disaster for some coaches and for most coaches if that were to happen. So he absolutely deserves credit there. All right, that'll wrap up this week's edition of The Scramble. Thank you to Lindsey Jones for joining me. Thank you to Mike Wargon for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Stay tuned for the Ringer NFL preview show on this feed. Everybody have a great holiday and I will talk to you next week. <laughs> 